0: Well we are now in our second week of our series that we started last week called Forward. Now around here at Celebration Church, we we are about moving forward. And we're not we don't try to set the pace. We don't try to decide how fast you ought to be progressing with Christ, because we know that everybody moves at a little bit different pace, and we're good with that. We just want to mutually be committed. To some sort of forward motion. Some people are just whoosh, zipping around like they're playing NASCAR or something, and other of us move a little slower. So, my wife picks on me for driving too slow around town, and she's got a lead foot, and so uh, some of us move faster, some of us move slower. Um, but we're mutually committed to just moving forward in Christ and to just growth. And that's what this series is about the series is about moving forward and to truly move forward in god we have to keep looking forward now this sounds kind of remedial but folks we have to make sure that we keep our eyes downstream we have to be looking ahead we have to get our our eyes off the rearview mirror we can't be looking 2 feet in front of us we have to be looking forward our launch verse or launch passages here in philippians 3 and i want to read it right quick it says not that i have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect but i press on to take hold of that for which christ took hold of me brothers i do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead i press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now here's Paul. Paul's writing. He, he, as he's doing this, he is writing the Bible. Writing it. With these, he is pinning this that we've carried all of these years forward. And he says he's not already obtained some kind of perfection. Okay, guess what, folks? We don't have, we're not, we don't have to be some place of perfection even to have been used by God to write the Bible, he says. That even as he's writing it, he says, "I've not obtained perfection. I am simply committed to moving forward." Okay, we need to take some this big, heavy pressure off of us. Okay, that that there's some sort of saintly thing that we have to be before God can really move and operate and use us in life. No, because right here we see that Paul says. That he hasn't even obtained perfection. And God's using him to write the scriptures. But what we do have to think about is a continual growth. We we want to look, I want to look different in five years than I do now. I want to, just the way I talk to just sound different. Now, we have been doing some spring cleaning. And... Uh, While we were doing this, we had uh, our our playroom, our sunroom, had become a a bit of a catch-all. And we we tend to have a place where we we don't know what to do with it, you you shove it in this room. And uh, nobody needed that room, and we shoved it in that room, and it was time to bring order to that room. So we went in and dealt with it. We threw most of the stuff out because it was all shoved in there. We didn't use it anyways. As we were going through all of this, we found our old VHS, our videos. And with that, we found a couple of my wife's videos from high school. And she used to be involved in modeling and all that kind of stuff. And we found this little video of her doing this commercial. And uh, anyway, so we plugged it in once we got everything in order to watch it. And uh, to watch her do this commercial. And we're showing it in Keenan our Oldest, where we all just thoroughly enjoyed getting to, to see a glimpse of her at that point in her life. And it was a lot of fun. But Kenan is watches this and sees all four takes of it. And then he turns to his mom and says, Mom, can you still do that accent? I said, Kenan, that wasn't an accent. She wasn't acting. That was the way she sounded. And it sounded real southern belle, real greenwood, Texas southern and uh and so he's like mom you don't even sound like that today well guess what as we grow as we mature as we are exposed to other things even just who we are begins to shift and when we look back we go wow i'm a different person than i used to be and that's part of the hope that we have in christ is that when we look in the mirror today we don't shouldn't be all pull our hair out crazy but we ought to know but guess what? God's working on the inside of me. And when I look back and take a sneak peek back at me, I'm going to look a little different. God's going to have moved on the inside of me. I'm going to be shifted in, in all of this stuff that I'm battling against today. God's going to have transformed my life. And see, as we're moving forward, we have to make sure that we are committed to that. That we are committed to some sort of forward growth. Now to look forward, we also must not let anything behind us distract us from what God desires to do in our lives. There right in the middle of that passage we just read is verse 13. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Wait a minute, Paul, this sounds like two things. Forgetting what is behind and straining you said one thing you do you're, you're messing with me here Paul Why are you doing this to me? No, it is one thing? Not looking back and looking forward you can't look into you can't look in those by looking forward You're not looking back. You're not being focused on that. It is one Thing now I've shared some of my pop stories with you all and uh, I love my grandfather's giving me lots of wonderful illustrations and he was a routesman for a lot of years did bread routes milk routes all this kind of stuff Well, way back in the day when people would deliver your milk to your door and pick up the empty bottles and all that he was one of those guys that was his job was to drop off the milk and then to to pick up the empties and all that he was out doing his route one day and he comes upon one of the homes he went to and he said it was just this pitiful pitiful sight, because here is this this dog has jumped the fence. But the problem with this dog is this dog was chained up. So, and the chain was just long enough for this dog to get over the fence and his little hind legs to just barely touch the ground. And he was just strung out and just tiptoeing and was just sitting there stuck. So, he goes over and he said there's a big old dog and he struggled and finally got that dog flopped back over into the backyard. And that dog was trying to move forward. That dog was trying to get out and go play and be free and do whatever the big dogs want to do. But the problem was, is he was still anchored to something behind him. See, part of the forgiveness process that God wants to do in our lives, not only is this embracing God's forgiveness, but there's also this process of us forgiving ourselves. And if we don't let some of that junk fall off and get behind us, we're going to try to move forward and then find ourselves choking in the process because we're anchored still back here to something else. That's why Paul says, I just forget it. I forget what's behind me. I turn it loose. And I move full ahead on. You know, there's not much we really can do with what's behind us. There's not much we can do about it. Everybody, there's all the TV shows and all the stuff of, of people with the time machines and wanting to go back, and there's even someone right now playing with some hot tub that takes you back in time or something. I mean, but that the concept of going back in time and, and righting some sort of a wrong is something everybody wants to do because so many people are fixated on the past. And for us to really grow in Christ, we have to let that mess go. We have to be willing to let that stuff be turned out of our lives. Even people of faith. We see here, here in Hebrews chapter 11. This is referring to Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham was told to just, whoop, leave. Get up, go. Pack up his stuff and go to a country I will show you. Okay, God, you're going to show me. You'll know it when you get there. Pack up and you're going to go. And uh, so as they are headed out, they go and they march. And this Hebrews 11 reference is in reference to that event in Abraham's life. And it says, because Abraham talked about a country that God was taking him into. And it says, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Now, see, that's the problem with the junk in the past, is that if we think on it, an opportunity to mess with it again is going to be presented in one way or another. It's just we're just going to be linked to it. That's why we have not that we wipe it clean and go, oh, I've never heard of that or, you know, or whatnot. It's not that kind of a, it's not being anchored to it. It's not having yourself identified with it. It's that you can be able to be loosed from it and to move forward. And we have to be able to do that or we will find ourselves choked out by the, by the mess of the past. And see, and when we're looking at this, we also have to understand that by putting the past behind us, this means we can't stop at failure or victory. Because both of those things can stop stop us. Most of us are real familiar with the fact of stopping at failure. You know, you try something, you don't do it good, oh I'm tired of this, forget this mess, I'm gonna go off and do something else. We're all familiar with the idea of stopping at failure. But a lot of times victories will stop us faster than anything else. And especially in our growth with Christ, because we foolishly do this thing of comparing ourselves among ourselves, and the Bible says, if you compare yourself among yourself, you're not wise. You're going to do something foolish, and so what'll happen is they're going to be committed. I'm going to grow in Christ. I'm going I'm to move forward, and when we finally grow, we're like, well, man, I'm I'm as good as old Joe over there. I'm I've done pretty good. I've dealt with this, and I've dealt with that. I'm a pretty good believer. I'm all right. And then we hit this place called self-righteousness. Where we feel real good about the righteousness we've arrived at. I've grown. I've done good. I'm all right. I don't do this. I don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with those who do. And I'm all right. I'm okay. I can, I'm, I can maintain right here. And then we stop. Stop growth process in our lives because we achieve some level of victory growth in Christ is not something that we attain it's something that we live It's something that takes off in our lives on a regular regular basis see I've been a part of teams before and on multiple things where you have a good win and you sit there and you, you end up celebrating so much about that that you don't give your energy that you need to to the next thing. You forget to practice for the next game because you're out throwing a party there in practice time about the last one. Now, I'm telling you, around right here we're about celebrating wins. We are about celebrating wins. Little wins, big wins. We're about celebrating wins. But we can't stop. The forward process. We have to celebrate as we move. Sit there, give the walking high fives. Yes, this is great. That was wonderful. We can't stop and camp there. We can't decide it's, it, we're going to live right in that moment. See, Matthew chapter 17, that uh, Peter tried to do this. See, Peter is there with James and John. you got the, the three inside guys. You've got the, the tight group, the inner circle of Jesus. And Jesus takes them out to this mountain, and he's there, and he's transfigured before them. He becomes, he, he shifts from just his regular human body to his glorified heavenly body. And he's glowing, and it's like, just amazing. And then there, in that moment, Moses and Elijah show up. Now, if you're Peter, James, or John, these are your rock stars. These are your like, whoo! If I could go back and meet anybody, I would be, Moses and Elijah? Are you serious? They're right here with Jesus? I mean, that was just there. it was just this huge moment for them. And they're just overwhelmed. And, and Jesus and Moses and Elijah, they're sitting there talking about Jesus' upcoming death and resurrection. And they're talking about the plans of of redeeming you and I. And they're just, Peter is just overwhelmed. And here we are, we get caught up in it right here. In Matthew 17, it says, Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. A voice from heaven had to cut Peter off to keep him moving forward because they were just about to pitch camp. They were just about, he said, we'll build one, two, three temples right here. One for all of you. This is incredible. We will just stay right here. And yes, that was a wonderful God moment. It was an incredible moment. But Peter wanted to stay there. What a great victory to be able to have been a part of that, to witness that. To overhear the -the behind-the-scenes plans of what God was up to in in humanity. I mean, it's incredible. But he wanted to stop right there. A commitment to growth means that you and I, we're going to keep moving forward in Christ we're going to grow and let God do something in our lives and we're going to celebrate it and then we're going to let God do the next thing He wants to do in our lives and then we're going to let Him do the next thing He wants to do in our lives and not pitch our tent and say, this is it and it's good enough and wow, let's just stay right here. We have to make sure that we are committed to growth. The next thing is, is we have to look to the one who who can both start it and finish it? Hebrews chapter 12, verses two through three says, "Let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the author of our faith. He also makes it perfect. Remember, in our Philippians verse, Paul is saying that he is not our chief perfection yet. Jesus is the one that's in this. He's the one that, that works out the perfection in our lives. He also makes it perfect. He paid no attention to the shame of the cross. He suffered there because of the joy He was looking forward to. Then He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He put up with attacks from sinners. So think about Him. And then you won't get tired. You won't lose hope. That's from the NIV Reader's Version. See, Jesus is the one who starts this process in our lives, and Jesus is also the one who finishes this process in our lives. We have to stay hooked up with Christ. We need Christ from day one, and we need Christ on the rest of our lives. He's the one that works it. Anytime we take it back, and I tell you what, you know, we can do so many times, we can do the, the uh, Jesus take the wheel thing, you know? And our life is just a mess. And God, I'm just done. Jesus, take the wheel. And then as soon as we're back on the straight and narrow, whoo, Thank you, Lord. I got it from here. Woo! Woo! You know, all right, sit back over there. You may drive me somewhere. I don't want to go, oh, Lord. What are you doing? No, no, no! Don't turn there. I got it. I got it. I got it, Lord. Thank you. And uh, anything would we'll take the wheel back. And what the process? We have to make sure that Jesus started it, and that we let Him continue it we let him carry that forward in our lives philippians 1 verses 4 through 6 says in all my prayers for you i always pray with you because your partnership in the gospel from this day until now being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of christ I tell you what, that is such a confidence builder that Jesus started this and He doesn't doesn't go along and be working us as clay and go, oh wow, that's not working like I thought. I need a new one. This whole work of evangelism, it isn't to replace all the Christians who were hard-nosed so God can get some new clay to work with. It's to expand the family of God. God still wants to finish these other works He started. And we have to let Him do it as we as we leave our hearts just pliable in his hands and just keep saying god i keep i've messed up i've done this i've tripped up here and but god i still i want you to do your thing in my life we just keep that part there he's faithful to complete the work he began he is he's the one that does it god is so so Wonderful. And then we also have to keep our eyes on the goal. If you were here last week, you heard me talk about wrecking my Mustang. And I wrecked that car that I love so much simply because I quit looking where I needed to be going. I just turned around and yelled at my sister in the back seat. And when I quit looking forward and started focusing on the bond, tragedy was not far far behind. See, Philippians 3.14 says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There is a prize. God isn't just doing this stuff in our life just to mess with us. Just because he's God and he th- thinks it's funny to say, "Hey, you need to you need to come over this direction," you know, you need to release this and embrace this and move forward on this place. God isn't just yanking our chain. God loves us and wants good for our lives, and we have to keep that focus at the forefront. We have to. We can't be diverted or distracted. Now, we're right here, and anybody, if y'all are golf fans, you know, we've got the Masters. This is the Masters weekend. and uh, It was the uh, golf immortal, Arnold Palmer, back in the Masters of 1961, almost 50 years ago, when he was there on the final hole with a one-stroke lead, fixing to get the green jacket. He's there. He's coming up. He's on the final hole. He's got the one-stroke lead. He's playing wonderfully. He has a great tee shot. Boom. As he's walking up, of course, there's the, there's the gallery of people that are beside him. And he's walking up. And somebody, he, a real good buddy of his that he hasn't seen for a long time, comes up and from the gallery, sticks his hand out, and grabs his hand and grabs his attention and just tells him, You're playing great. You're doing good. Well, it jars him out of his concentration. He hadn't seen this guy in a long time, just seeing this odd face out of the crowd, having that contact. And he said he knew he lost focus in that moment. And he said, looking back, he should have taken some time to regroup. But instead, he just thought he could shake it off and immediately goes up, boom, shanks one into a sand trap, goes through the process. That frustrates him even more. And on the final hole, because he lost focus, he loses the masters. See, we have to make sure that we simply stay focused on Jesus. Jesus is the one that started this and ended it. It's not about staying focused on my ten things I've got to do or all of this. It's staying focused on Christ. And because of our love of Christ, then these other things will come in. Because I love Jesus, well, sure, I'm going to want to read His Word. Because I love Jesus, yeah, I am want to pray, because that's when I get to spend time with Him. Because I love Christ, then I'm going to try to love those He loves. I've had the opportunity lately to take care of somebody's dog. Now, I don't do that just because I want to take care of dogs. But somebody was in need, they had to go out of town and said, could you watch my dog? And so, consequently, I'm going and... Caring for this little dog and giving it food and giving it water. And it's not because I love that dog so much. It's not. But it's because there's somebody I care about that loves that dog. And so therefore, I go and make sure that dog's got water and got food and has been let out and all of those things. See, when we have our focus on Christ and we just love Him, and embrace Him, then all of this other stuff begins to fall in place. They're not duties. They're acts of joy. They're wonderful, wonderful things. And too many times we want to get wrapped up in all of the doing and all of this and that. We want to put too much on our plate and stay too busy. I'm telling you, we're bound to be the most overscheduled society in history. We're bound to be. I mean, our lives are just full. And it can take us off the purpose. Henry Ford, love him or hate him, I don't know, care what your opinion of him is, but he did some, came up with some pretty smart things. Made some pretty big accomplishments. And, of course, he had the specialized labor. Been able to focus on people doing one thing and doing it well and creating that assembly line and that factory. But him staying focused as a person was something he battled all the time. And somebody was asking him about that, about the distractions and all the stuff that he had going on. And, and he had a curious thing that he would do. And he said when he'd get up in the morning and he would feel this, all this want to do way too much and get distracted, he would go outside and just start running laps around the house. And he'd just run around the house and run around the house and run around the house. And he says as he was burning off that energy, and he would just think about what was needful and what was important, he would just get refocused and then come back and stay on target. See, Paul brings it back down to this one thing. Forget the mess that's behind. Don't get stuck at the victories that are back there. But press on to Christ. He is our prize. You know the streets of gold are going to be awesome. The mansion's going to be great. Getting to see you every day is going to be incredible. But you know what the best thing is? Is we get to be in the presence of God all the time. He is our reward. He's what this is about. And as we stay focused on that, as we keep our eyes there, then everything else comes in line. See, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But blessed is He, the one keeping the law. When you don't have vision, then the other junk just kind of, well, you'll be pulled in everything, every direction. But when you have vision, all of these other little detours, they get cut off. James 1 says, Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do it, do what it says is like the man who looks at the, his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it or continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he will be blessed in what he does as we stay focused on what the word has revealed to us That Jesus is it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the author and the finisher. He is our salvation. As we keep the vision and commitment to growth in our lives, I'm telling you, we really will keep moving forward into all that God has for our lives. God loves us so incredibly much. So incredibly much. And only wants to take us into good. But where that begins, it has to begin. And having a relationship with Him. You can't go walking with somebody you don't know. And so we have got to start with the meeting place. You've got to meet Him. You've got to get, get this stuff going. So if everybody would please just kind of bow your heads. We're going to create a quiet moment here. And if you need to hit the starting block, if you need to... Get in that place and say, God, I'm I'm ready for this. I want a relationship. I understand that it's not this big, heavy deal. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. I just love you and let that love transform my life. I want that. I know I need to save. 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 I know I need to save.